a welcome to our weekly podcast of Womankind Collective with me, Lou Hawkins-Thompson and me, Jinty Sheeran. Join us as we embark on a fun and educational journey, talking to experts and advocates on subjects that are often taboo. So go and get that kettle on, settle in for a chat and hopefully a lot of laughter along the way. It's our last podcast for 2022, the end of series five. And today we are talking to Victoria Hardy, who some Instagram fans will know as Ginge Unhinged. Victoria is in her 30s and in menopause. She is spreading empowerment and challenging women to look within to understand their true selves. We will be chatting about her own experience of menopause poetry and finding your own fierce. This month's foodie collective theme is frugal cooking and we have cooked up a couple of one pot Chris at uh, one actually uh, Christmas <laughs> I was a bit you know a bit going over the top uh, yes a bit enthusiastic um for one pot christmas or boxing day accompaniments you may want to try uh find out how we got on with our wi this week and we have a new one for the new year and finally we will have our final quote for 2022 oh lou how's your week been well i've had do you know what i'm gonna share something with you now i'm probably gonna be oversharing tmi yeah, but I've had the most horrific incident this week. Oh, Lou, tell me all wow. about it. You've been in my bathroom, haven't you? Yes, Jess? I have. Yeah. So I've got towels hanging up on like the towel thing. Yeah. Towel, what's it called? Rail. Yeah. Thanks. And then I've got by the sink, I've got my little hand towel for, you know, drying your hands and yeah. teeth and, you know. Drying your teeth. <laughs> drying, <laughs> drying my teeth in while I take them out of a night. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. Um. And uh, yeah, I was uh, wiping my mouth after I'd cleaned my teeth the other morning. But mm, what's that on my mouth? Oh no! It was a pube. Oh, who's been drying their? Who's been drying it the bits was and bobs? A dark pube. There are only two of us in the house anymore, and I am obviously ginger. Yes, collars and cuffs do much. Collars and cuffs. Um, mm. my husband. And it wasn't a cat hair. It was not a cat <laughs> hair. It was not a dog hair. <laughs> And I was there and I just looked in the mirror and there was this curly dark pube hanging off oh, my top lip. Did you want to vomit? I did. I had a bit did of you, sick. <laughs> yeah, did you want to bleach your teeth? I did. <laughs> I was like, oh. who's been wiping their willy? <laughs> <laughs> In my hand and in base my towel. hand and base towel. <laughs> Use your own bath towel for that action. Why can't we have men... rules, you know, we have rules <laughs> Why in this. Why can't house? men follow simple instructions? Did he admit to said oh, scrubbing? No, he said no. It must have been a stray one that flew up there. <laughs> oh no, that is an incident. Isn't that it? was horrific. It was actually up there with one of the most horrific. It's traumatizing. I know. I was. As everything, obviously, as you can tell, went in for a boil wash. Yeah. Oh but yeah. Dear. And really, I've just been, my other incidents this week, but it's just been, I've been over, still overwhelmed with Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I've just, I got everything out the other day and looked, at, you know, because I've been buying little bits here and little bits there. Nothing made a full present. Yeah. You know, like a book for my mum. Were you disappointed when you yeah, looked at it? Yeah, and I thought, thought, oh. I thought I'd had more, you know, yeah. like bits I could make it as a whole present. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, so I just literally, I looked at it all and I thought, I'm going to sit here and cry or I can take the dog for a walk. So I left it on the floor and took the dog for a walk. Yeah, if in doubt, get out. Get out, and which is That's, what I did. It's my mantra. Yes. Yeah. So, do, you, do you know what, Lou? I think, um, and I read something similar this week in a blog somebody somebody wrote, um, but I was thinking it it's it's the first proper Christmas really after. we still got a pandemic. We're still in a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but it's the first proper one we've been able to actually get you know to get together in and since last Christmas it's almost like we've been it's like somebody's um pressed a gun on on a race and yeah. and we're all like oh it's okay we can all do this and we, yeah. we've all been like racing towards I know. something all year yeah. and like suddenly it's it's and it's very overwhelming I've I found yeah. it overwhelming I really I'd be for the first year ever even though you know um, I've been feeling my my dad's um, it's going to be death. A hard I've been one. feeling it yeah, more this year yeah. than last year that he's not here. Um, so I think, yeah, for anyone else out there that's feeling overwhelmed, you're not, you're not on your own. Yeah. You're not on your own, Lou. It's no it's a weird think, and, one. And I think you're right. Just walk away from it. Yeah. And then I thought, well, actually, I'll do what I can do. And if it's not done, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really doesn't matter. And I know exactly, Lou. And I think it is all about, or you know, whoever's coming, and you, you, you know, you're going to see um, your daughters, and yeah. it's that's what it's about, it isn't is. it? It absolutely is. I mean, I did. We did have to go to. We did. I did actually have to go to my my new thing is that we should be doing things we want to do, not what we should be doing. Yes. I've talked had talked to my husband about this as well because obviously he's he's has he a wanted of, to put a pube on your towel. He bloody, and he bloody did, did. it. <laughs> So we obviously are in a lie. So we went along to this yeah. car- to a carol service, which was beautiful. It was in church, and we did some carol singing. And because I didn't want to be there, I got I got my oomph. oh, and I didn't really want to be there. It wasn't my bag as it used to be years ago. Yeah. You know, things in my head have moved on. And um, I thought I'm just going to enjoy. It. I love a carol. I fucking love a carol. So I'm going to sing carols really loudly. Brilliant. And How you know. It was really good because we had Silent Night, we had Away in a Manger, Aww. we had Well Shepherds, we had all of it, and Heart the Herald. Did you Angels. ever find out who John Virgin was? I've never Round seen John him. Virgin. I've never seen who Round John Virgin was, but I tell you what, the woman in front, I was singing so loud, she turned around at one stage. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband, she tucked. And my husband was just like looking at me to say, <laughs> Okay, I get the message, we won't be doing this again next year. <laughs> I was like a naughty child. <laughs> but singing actually is de-stressing. We've oh, talked about it before, yes. isn't it? Oh, I a... put my heart and soul into it. Oh, so that did make me feel you. a bit better. And it was it was a beautiful setting, um, you know, for those that are religious. It was a beautiful setting and everything else. But, but you so... went because you should rather than because yes. you wanted. Yes, and then I just literally half an hour before we went had the conversation. Mm-hmm. But there we go. Anyway, enough of my blabbing. How's how's your well, my mine's sort of along similar lines, Lou. Because um, when I um, I was out, um, something that happened. Well, intrigued me. You didn't me. have a pube incident. No, I didn't have a pube incident actually. Especially but when it's... you were out. <laughs> oh no, that could be anybody's, oh, couldn't it? Oh, that's it, that's even worse. Um, but something that intrigued me this week, I overheard a conversation in the shop that went something like this. I love listening to conversation. I know. Christmas has got a bit much and people have forgotten the real meaning. Not many people go to church anymore. This carries on oh. from what you were, you were saying. And I, and one of our lovely listeners um, told us that they go out, we'll probably hear about it in the comments, they go out on Christmas Day because they are not religious, so the 25th has no particular meaning for them. Well, 
I was thinking about this and did you know, because my, my son's a bit of a historian, so he tells me oh. all these things. Um, did you know that the origins of Christmas go back before Christianity it's times? Pagan, isn't it? It is. So when people say, oh, it's, you know, the real meaning, what actually is the real meaning? Yeah, I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, it that's is. That's a whole lot of DMs well, coming our yeah, way. So, <laughs> yeah. so I might go on a bit in this one then because I've got the story. Oh, crack on, Jim. So, oh, hang on, let me get the kettle on. Yeah, get the kettle on. Get, make yourself comfortable. Um, so the pagans already held celebrations around the winter solstice, mm-hmm. as most people know. In fact, it was a huge part of pagan life as they were primarily agricultural people. Uh, winter marked the end of a year's harvest and the chance to enjoy the company of loved ones and rest from toiling the fields. Now, how uh, how um, not common, how apt, apt, gosh, how apt is that that is exactly what we do we may not toil the fields although some people do but we work and we stop and we want to spend time with loved ones families and 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 celebrate with feasts so early christians would have freely shared in the good times of these pagan festivals they didn't want to miss out and a christian scribe once wrote it was a custom of the pagans to celebrate on the same 25th of December, the birthday of the sun, at which they kindled lights in token of festivity in these solemnity, solemnities. Easy for you to say. And, <laughs> I'll just dry my teeth. <laughs> and rewind them pubes. <laughs> He didn't say this, no. the scribe, no. In these solemnities and revelries, the Christians also took part. So the spread of Christianity into Europe brought the pagan customs that had their roots from cultures from the northern traditions, such as uh, Germania, Scandinavia mm-hmm. and Anglo-Saxon England. I think at one time... <clears throat> They did try to get rid of Christmas altogether, didn't they? But the, the pagans and the Christians were having none, none of, of it. None of that. Um, but one particular tra- tradition, Lou, I don't know if you've heard of this, that sparked my interest is um, uh, Mondranicht. No. Yes. German? It's old English. Yes. Old English um, for Night of the Mothers um, oh. or Mother's Night. And it was held at what we call now Christmas Eve oh, um, by Anglo-Saxon. I love Christmas Eve by Anglo-Saxon pagans. Oh, yeah, night of, I think we need to reinstate night. I, mother, the, I, my, night. <laughs> Mother's night. I think we do. It's thought to be drawn. There's not an awful lot about it, but what the, what there is, it's thought to be drawn or connected to the Norse um, Desir, which is a female deity, ghost or spirit. Uh, not much is known about what happened during. Mother's Night. You'll like this, Lou, but it is said that it was an all-nighter. Some scholars pull an all-nighter all all the way to Christmas morn. Scholars think that it was at a time when folk would honour their female ancestors with sacrifices and feasts. Um, And this is a small part of um, a mother's prayer that they would say. Tonight we honour our mothers who through joy and suffering endured so that their children and their children's children might not just survive, but thrive. I call to our mothers, the light and the life bringers who have guided us from darkness onto the paths our ancestors have traveled and now the paths we walk down. 
may the blessings of Desir be upon you. And some people celebrate that now with, with uh, they make like an altar and they have all their female ancestors Aww. and think it's rather lovely, isn't it? It's really lovely. And you know, as you were saying that, I thought, well, how interesting those, the Christians yeah. now had Mary giving birth. Yes. The, yeah. the mother of all mothers. That was a real know? mother's yeah. night, wasn't it? Yeah. So how interesting. Yeah. yeah. It was maybe borrowed. Yes, I think a lot of it, a lot of it was borrowed. borrowed. I think yeah. there's a lot of um, Anglo-Saxon traditions, the tree, the gifts, yeah. all, all that are, are borrowed, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And talking of Norse mythology, Lou, did you know um, there is in one Norse story um, where mistletoe was thrown at the Norse god Balder? It was the only thing that could hurt him and it killed him. His mother Frigg cried her tears. It must have been tears. a huge branch. Yes, it must have been. Well, his mother Frigg had protected him with all right. these other things, but she'd forgotten about mistletoe. Um, and so his mother Frigg cried, her, cried and her tears were said to have turned the berries white. Um, there, <clears throat> there are many tellings of this myth, but in, in, it, uh, in one it says that after the, her son's death, Frigg declares the mistletoe a symbol of love and promises to kiss anyone who passes underneath it. Oh, I do love a bit of mistletoe. Yeah, I like I like a bit of mistletoe. Yeah. Um, and one, I've got another fact uh, about uh, mistletoe. The tea's not gone cold and they <laughs> join us. <laughs> Sorry, Ginger Unhinged. We will we will let you talk in a bit. Um, yeah, just hang on. But I thought this was this was too good, Lou. Um, it, the actual word derives from Old English again. Tan, meaning twig, and the Germanic base mix, which is missile, uh, which means dung. So it literally means shitty twig. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and um, just very briefly, I just want to mes- uh, mention my testosterone dosage. Oh, right. Um, <clears throat> so I went along to collect my testosterone and thinking I might not get any because there's been a shortage. Oh. Well, instead of my little light box of nine tubes, I thought this feels rather heavy. I've got home, I've got 30 tubes in there. Oh, God, you could bathe in it. Yeah. I looked at the dosage. <laughs> And they've given me a man-sized dosage. So basically, you're supposed to have a tenth yeah. of each tube. On my dosage, it said takes what take one sachet <gasps> a day. If I did that, I'd look like oh, but Jeff Capes. Very hairy. If anyone, I'd be Jeff Capes. If anyone remembers <laughs> Jeff Capes, <laughs> strongest man. So thank God, wow. I know what I'm supposed to be taking. Imagine if you oh, were just imagine. given that your first time on testosterone. Oh, my day. Yeah, so I should be getting hold of the uh, pharmacist tomorrow. Oh, well, we've had some great comments. We have had some good old conversations going on. Oh, we have. Lots of chit chat. Yeah. Um, My big brother has messaged. um, He messaged us about episode 11 with Karen Newby saying, bloody lovely to hear you two chatting (laughs) away again. Appreciated it all the more for waiting an extra week. As ever, great stats, a good laugh and a great guest in Karen winning combo thanks Nee. thank you Nee. and also not your usual menopause haven't quite finished listening to this podcast this is the karen newbie one but my top tip for making for making cooking from scratch easier would be to plan your evening menu for the week and make a shopping list based on all the ingredients you need checking of course that you don't already have them 
Yes, I do that. Mm, I do that. And it does. One, it, it saves a lot of good waste. Planning, good, good planning. planning. Um, and Mrs. Menopause um, agreed um, with not your usual menopause. She said, yes, I do this. We have a notebook. Left page, we write the meals we want for the next seven days. And on the right is a shopping list. The book and pen goes to the shops. So if we see a huge collie <laughs> for 60p, <laughs> we can adjust the menu to accommodate it. Also, if we see a frozen thing, for example, we can write it in the book to eat the next week. Do you know, I love these oh, I simple, it's simple. fantastic. It's just planning isn't it 60p for a collie that would Christ. be a bargain that would be a bargain and the lovely karen newby nutritionist she said it was so lovely to, to chat to us again ladies and love all that you do thank you karen yeah that was great wasn't it and mrs Menacles show um <laughs> this season um my other proportion and myself are swapping a small gift just something to unwrap on the day with a larger present to follow either chosen in the betwixtmas or the january sales or perhaps a rummage up the dump oh, like as a, we were talking I about like last week she also says that we visit various towns on December the 25th. Northampton had its own supplementary village of homeless within the town, sleeping bags and plastic sheets in so many doorways, most with a single person wrapped within. The churchyard was um, bestrewn with tents. This was probably about 2017 or 18 and quite the worst exhibition of poverty I've ever seen in our towns christmas day or otherwise that's quite sad it, it is it is really sad um just move with l's lovely l's <clears throat> up in scotland says nice wee surprise listening to this early doors fab wee tips and look forward to hearing about raising awareness for homeless and what can be done remenstruation and menopause while sleeping rough l's also liked my uh, piece of coal she, did. she appreciated that <laughs> she did yeah and uh, not your usual menop menopause again. Lovely little extra podcast. Um, one post Christmas money saving tip is to use any Christmas cards you've received to make gift tags for the next year. Just cut out pretty images and punch holes in the corner. And um, the lovely Joe Boswell on our YouTube channel said, I could listen to Karen all day. Thanks, Lou and Ginty. Kiss. Oh, thank you, Joe. So anyway, after all that shenanigans, shall we um, get Ginge on? Oh, yes, please. Yeah. So Victoria Hardy, a.k.a. Ginge Unhinged, is a conversationist of Taboo, an upcoming author, a menopause advocate online and mentor, which is how we met her, along with fellow menopause campaigners and activists, we all came to together at Parliament Square for the menopause rally in October. Victoria is a 30-something who is shouting loud for millennials so they can truly own their individual menopause. Being in medical and now surgical menopause since the age of 33, she's the badass next door who's spreading empowerment and challenging women to look within to understand their true selves, knowing that they too can change the narrative of menopause for generations to come while stepping into their own kind of fierce love that love mm, that sentence fantastic. welcome to the womankind collective podcast victoria hello Yay, Yay. Yay. oh it's great twice in one year we see your lovely face i know it's fantastic mm -hmm. and if you're listening and not watching victoria's properly christmased up here she's she's doing us you know we, we christmas look a bit jumper, boring don't christmas we christmas tree i know it's, it's fantastic dull, dull compared <laughs> chintzy's chic i like 
that's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? <laughs> so, Victoria, we see you as not just a voice for menopausal millennials, but as a motivating force for all ages in menopause, because you have an energy that's contagious. Um, but it must be hard. It's hard enough for us in our mm. 50s dealing with all the stereotypical thoughts that people have around menopause when you're in your 30s. So is is your activism uh, response to that? were you fed up of, of you know hearing the normal response yeah absolutely fed up that's <laughs> um, <laughs> putting it lightly um yes in short I think the driving force of activism came from two places one from my own lack of knowledge and awareness going into my surgery and, and what happened before and just not understanding to the point where you know, it really massively affected me and, and my family. Um, so I really kind of wanted to share that journey and open up those doors for other people to share those as well, um, sort of vulnerably and, and with humour at the same time. But really the, the, the focus on looking at all types of menopause came from a lot of people saying to me, well, you're too young to be in that I'm just not having that, or not feeling represented. I just, and I still don't, menopause conversation, you know, the menopause conversation is amazing. It's growing legs by the week. And, you know, the media were really taking hold of it. But somehow, I think for a lot of us that are going through it, maybe younger, or maybe having an experience of a different type of menopause compared to mm. perimenopause, um, we do still feel a little bit in the shadows and I feel like I wanted to be the voice for those that are going through surgery um, to help raise that voice. Yes, can you tell us a little bit about your surgery and, and did you know anything about sort of menopause before before surgery as well, Victoria? Yeah, sure, so um, my surgery came from me having endometriosis. I've had that since age of 14. I've had um, adenomyosis. Um, there was 18 surgeries that came before my hysterectomy. 18? So yeah, so I've been through the mill. Um, I always really advocated well for my health, actually. Um, I had to really push for um, to be listened to and for those surgeries to happen and then for my pregnancies because they were high risk, etc. And um, I was really kind of always curious about these things. But going into this sort of phase, I think I was just so exhausted and like, oh, God, I'm going to be out of pain and out of um, risk of cancer. I'd already lost an ovary. Um, I was at risk of three different cancers. So I was like, oh, hurrah, this is going to be amazing. Um, and what happened slightly before my surgery was I was put onto a drug called Solidex, which um, was explained to me as it will help kind of calm things down the endometriosis and tidy things up, actually. That's what the, the tidy. Or make, need to it all away. Yeah. Need it all away, you know, stop, stop the bleeding, um, stop being so heavy so that it would be easier to do the hysterectomy. And hopefully the effects would be positive in terms of me not losing or having my bowel affected because my endometriosis was covering my bowel right so I was like okay and and there were sort of whispers of you know oh, this might be like mini menopause a few hot flushes and you might lose your hair uh, because it was a drug that actually they treat prostate cancer with mm. and I was like oh god I'm gonna lose my hair oh hot flushes yeah that'd be all right 
And that, that was kind that of it, it, because that's all I associated menopause with. There was no real education around it, either from the medical professionals. Um, and there was no real talk about it in my world. Of course, then I went in for surgery, had my hysterectomy. All went well. Came out the other side, thought, this is amazing. Going to have the best sex in my life. Um, <laughs> after having endometriosis for 20 years. Um, and surgical menopause was not mentioned. There was no, it was don't lift a kettle, you know, rest for 12 weeks. It was, the focus was how to get back to work. Yeah. Um, and I just walked out of the school with a leaflet on how to poo and a box of HRT. And the HRT was just sort of given to me, you'll need to take this for probably about the next 20 years. And that was it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then it hit me like a fucking bus. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, right. Um, and it wasn't actually until two years later, I sat with my therapist, but it was my therapist that said the word surgical menopause and I was like what two years after your surgery you struggle for two years with your box of HRT yeah no follow-up just knowing that you couldn't actually lift a kettle for a few weeks afterwards yeah and what were your what were your now looking back you can probably within those two years you can probably see now you know the symptoms of menopause off by heart you can you know exactly but at the time you wouldn't have seen them as menopause so what what did you find obviously was the was the surgery successful in itself did it yes. sort out so, your endometriosis so the surgery was successful Brilliant. um the endometriosis is a whole body disease so um they removed what was around yeah. that area they saved my bowel so brilliant not too bad so that was like a win from the universe and um, it was a success. Um, the endometriosis could still be in my body. And in fact, interestingly, I wasn't given progesterone. Um, and I've only been on progesterone this year, which has been from the beginning of this year. So in fact, knowing now I've had such an estrogen deficiency because my HRT was not absorbing this right. time, that was actually quite positive for me because had I been taking estrogen and it had been absorbing for me it's like mm. my endometriosis could have flared up so yeah. I always like to say that because it's a really important point for those that have had endometriosis that they they must have progesterone they still need so if they can whereas normally from a hysterectomy when you're taking intracycline you wouldn't um so I had symptoms wise mine started with I had the general low mood and kind of very teary emotional which of course can happen after any Mm. surgery anyway and my hormones were fluctuating so I knew there was something like that going on and it was very much like how I would describe it sort of baby blues if anyone has experienced that and, and I had hot flushes and night sweats which because they had hot, said hot flushes I was like oh okay this is again my body doing something um but looking back I had achy joints fatigue my sleep was very destructive my skin was itchy um, and my, my um, sort of hay fever got worse. Yeah. And I really sort of just got on with the physical symptoms because when you've experienced pain like endometriosis for that long, I was so relieved to be out of that pain. Yeah. When I woke up from that surgery, it's like a switch had gone off and I was like, I can feel my legs, wow. I can feel my yeah. back. Um, 
I was so relieved to that that I just kind of soldiered through the physical yeah. symptoms. I was like, oh, this is just post-surgery stuff, you know, um, and the aching back and the pelvis would be quite sore. And mm-hmm. I actually went and had physio um, and it wasn't a pelvic physiotherapist, it was a normal physiotherapist. And they said, oh, you know, you've had so much pain in that area for so long. A lot of this is just you feeling normal aches and pains that you wouldn't have felt before. And then, of course, what really tripped me up was the mental symptoms so that was huge for me and that's really where things got quite dark um but I just thought I was in overwhelmed stress and went into a mental breakdown which was uh, a mental illness there was no connection at that beginning and, and while I was going through that until I was with my therapist that this was connected to menopause mm. And so just out of interest, um, Victoria, so you, but you already had, you've got two children? Yes. And so yes. How, how old were they at, at this sort of, when you had your surgery? So my daughter was 11 and my son was, I'm trying to do the math, he was eight. <laughs> <laughs> he was I know, eight. Yeah, I know it's, that sounds yeah. irrelevant, Around but it is, imp- right. it yeah. is important. Because your daughter's got all her hormones kicking in at 11, oh, you know, so for both of you, it was just such a, yeah. such a time in your house. It must have been, it must have been a really yeah. difficult time, but for both, re- both her, her and you. Yeah, it really was. And I think because we didn't realise what was going on, obviously she was entering her sort of real hormone stage in mm. her life you know which is to, of course to be expected what wasn't expected was what I was going through my mum's going to be well now and of course they started to see me change and I was becoming somebody that they never recognized yeah. I wasn't fun I felt like an awful mum I was so ragey I was so angry um, I feel incredibly guilty about that point in my life because I was very very difficult to live with um, and of course, she was just going through her thing. My son was just trying to be a kid, um, yeah. you know, and my husband was just trying to hold us all oh, together. And yeah. um, he, you know, it was it was really tough for the boys in the house. There, there is that time. horrible, um, for anyone that hasn't experienced that sort of rage, it is a pure hatred. It, there, yeah. there can be that horrible and you hate everyone even your own family and then you feel shame and guilt for that don't you and you just can't but it feels real and the thing is unfortunately you're not not liking yourself either are you so you know that's where it's got to start from no and what I'm wondering Lou and and Victoria is we we were kind of because you know as daft as it may seem but you know already you are in your 30s so obviously not many of your friends it's going to be a topic of of conversation Mm. but we were in our late 40s and it still wasn't you know a topic of conversation and that's been difficult enough how is general family life like socializing when I think about my 30s we had we were couple you know there's lots of couples things you're going out you're having quite a lot of drinks and hangovers and all those sort of things and trying to take the family to ball pits and well probably not with hangovers probably not at 11 in a ball pit but uh, you know you're having to do all that family stuff I mean that must have been so hard yeah it it really was I think on on both sides I think socially and with friends my friends were fantastic and they they have been fantastic they're fantastic 
asked me after I had my surgery and he moved my house and cooked dinner and made sure that I was okay. Um, I think what happens after that is people forget because your physical healing is over. And of course, I didn't know what was happening, but they certainly didn't know about menopause. It's just not part of the conversation and it isn't still. I mean, they almost thought sort of on them now and I've got so much talking about the menopause and I'm like, yeah, you wait. Give you enough more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all be coming to me. Yeah, but you're, gonna, you're gonna be the oracle, they're gonna be coming to yeah. you, they're gonna be flocking in they you know in, in their hordes to you, aren't they? <laughs> so, and it's but it just wasn't part of the conversation um to kind of bounce off each other and oh my god I'm feeling like this. Of course you know other stages in life motherhood and and, you know going through work or talking through those things you talk about it over a drink but we just weren't there there yet with the menopause conversation and going out I really at times I didn't want to go out I I became uh, quite withdrawn which is very unlike me I'm a super confident person you know get up on a stage and talk to anyone and sing karaoke go out and make a fool of myself and go dance on the dance floor um I didn't want to do any of that I didn't want to see family particularly and I was a real yes person I was you know involved in the school involved in the community and I just didn't want to say yes anymore Mm. and that was hard to navigate because people's expectation of you is very different to what you suddenly were becoming yeah um and of course then you said the guilt comes the vicious cycle of men feel angry and and I just wanted to disappear think lots of people think, resonate with those say, feelings it's quite it's, it's common but it's not talked about enough is it no it's not and you think that our age Lou all those same feelings we've we've both had not wanting to go out not wanting to socialize mm. but we uh, we weren't being older they they weren't quite so common anyway we're not we're not in, being vegan nobody invites me out um so <laughs> I, I have to invite myself along and take my own food usually <laughs> yeah, come, come to dinner gems yeah. bring your own yeah bring bring your own milk and everything please um but things like that do start to sort of dwindle a little bit anyway you go out with friends but it's not quite the same as in your 30s no. so that's why I think it's it has a much bigger impact always, on younger it, people yeah that is men- mentally as well because like on social media you advocate for a lot yeah. of mental health um, um, issues and mindfulness um is this something that you, I mean, I know, you, is this something you've really struggled with as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the mental health side for me was the big one. And, and that's really where everything came together in obviously connecting the dots, as I've mentioned. But before that, you know, I was um, going into this darkness of, you know, started with feeling incredibly stressed, like we talked about with rage, those internal feelings, the confidence dropped, then the self-worth hit the floor. Um, and like I said, I wanted to disappear and you're soldiering on and soldiering on. And in my day job, I would talk about well-being. I was always angry about mental health, and touched by suicide in my family. But internally, I was fighting with myself daily and um yeah I got to about 18 months after um 18 to 20 months after my surgery and yeah I was incredibly low uh driving the kids to school one day and I describe it as I just didn't want to press the brake and I was ready to sign out and um got the kids to school safely luckily drove home made a call and I was in very 
and I can and put my transition to be put into therapy within 48 hours. Um, Fantastic. And, you know, we, we started with cognitive behavioural therapy. We started to uh, talk about mindfulness and that um, therapy with my Dr. Jean, who I thought he had a very sexy French name and I thought I was going to turn up to this sexy David Genre type character yeah. he wasn't actually isn't it <laughs> but he was amazing um and I wanted to unpick everything because I just felt I was such a wonderful person and of course he wouldn't let me he just constantly brought me into the present and I learned the power of being in the present yeah. which then helped with my anxiety and my depression and of course it was him that, that talked and then once that light bulb moment went off that this was connected to my hormones and connected to what happened oh that's when I could and I always say that that was when I really started to heal from my hysterectomy that was the the first day when I learned that and of course then and he encouraged me to put it onto social media um, because I'd come off social media completely and that's how Jin Jung Hinge was born uh, talking about mental health and of course then that has flourished into mental health and menopause because I just feel like the two are so connected and that you just really don't talk about that no completely our our hormones go along with mental health don't they because you know I think you know for years we we blame our hormones PMT PMDD we we blame our hormones and it is it is usually usually down to them but we because we blame them we we forget that it is it's massively still affecting our mental health and then we have two weeks where we might feel okay so we think oh no it's okay now <laughs> we have this yeah. these huge fluctuations as we do in perimenopause yeah. as well and then you sit there crying I was crying at a white van the other day driving back from Plymouth when we're in the car did it have sad eyes <laughs> the van was it, <laughs> no. was it... <laughs> it's like I just you know last week I was crying at everything oh you did actually yeah, yeah. I just remembered the incident <laughs> yeah. I, laughed. I... I mean that's really helpful <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, what can you do in that situation? <laughs> you and you know, you do, you do, you just, it's just, it's, it's a, sometimes, some days it's a, it's a big hole, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mm. And I love, but I love that. I love your post on mindfulness because mm. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of mindfulness. And do you find, have you, because it's something you have to learn. You can't just kind of mm. pick it up. Um, and so do you, is it something you practice every day? Yeah, so I didn't I, I didn't realise that it was something that I had to practice um, until really I was well one in therapy and then two I um, met a friend who um, teaches mindfulness and she really explained it to me that you can it's not about meditation it's not it's different it's about noticing and that was just something that really stuck with me and it was you can have a cup of tea you know and notice everything about that cup of tea. Um, I've got my tea here, you know, how warm is the mug, how does the steam feel on my face? So I try to do something daily, whether it's boiling the kettle because, or making my coffee, really, is my mindfulness practice of the day. Um, I love the way that the, the machine sounds and how the smells hit me, and then I take that moment. So whatever it is, brushing your teeth or eating something or on your walk, noticing everything about that brings you into the present. Yeah. And, what my friend taught me was that was really important because when we hit panic, you know, anxiety and panic, it's almost too late to try and bring us back. The breathing techniques are really good to try and bring us into the present, but we've got to rewire the brain so, so that that's, you know, it's like when our 999 goes off, 
everything goes into action already because we've already got the tools. Yes. So by practicing daily, I find now my anxiety, you know, I still have anxious moments. I haven't had a panic attack for a good while, which is a lovely feeling. Yeah. But that's truly because I'm practicing that and my body already knows what to do yeah. when those times come. And it recognises it, doesn't it, before it gets to a panic attack. Mm. I think that's key, yeah. isn't it? Recognising, okay, mm. so now I need to, I'm not being mindful, I need to come back to, to right here, right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's an ongoing thing. I think some, sometimes it, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult word, mindfulness. People have all sorts of mm. connotations about it, don't they? Do you practice mindfulness? Do you know what? I, you know me I, I do struggle you do don't you yeah and it's something I, I you some days I find it easier than others yeah but you know again like I say it's it, training it's just I do, yeah. yeah and it's spending that time on you which you know I don't do that I know <laughs> but we can all overthink and yeah. that's all that's basically all it, all it, it, we'll, we'll spend about 20 minutes overthinking and catastrophizing <laughs> about oh, what's going to happen at this meeting that. or this drive down to wherever you're going yeah. but you won't spend 20 minutes being in the here and now mm. and that's that's all it is is changing that sort yeah. of mindset a little bit and, isn't and it? it doesn't have to be 20 minutes it literally can be while the kettle boils or it can be while you're sat there now listening to this podcast or, or you sat there it's about just taking that minute to notice how does your bum feel on the seat if you stop how do your feet feel in your shoes mm. you know the sensations of your own body literally just doing that for even a minute it's yeah. just slowing down the breath, it's slowing down the mind and allowing you to be in that moment and not. Anxiety can only be and, 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 and fester in overthinking the future or overthinking yeah. the past. You cannot survive in the present. So that's why it's so important to, to spend even that minute a day that, yeah. around an activity that you do. You know, and that brushing your teeth is a great one. Yeah. And noticing everything that is something you do daily. So it's about building that habit into something that's normal like for me for coffee or for me and while you're thinking about brushing your teeth and while you're feeling all those feelings and the textures and the, uh, everything else, your brain can't, we can't, as, as much as we like to think we can multitask, your brain can't <laughs> catastrophize no. over anything else, can yeah. it? So it's really quite simple. It's just simple isn't always easy, is it? No, no. <laughs> Again, it's, re, it's rewiring the brain, isn't it? Is, is there anything else that you found really helpful as well, Victoria? With mental health. With mental health, yeah. With mental health. So journaling massively, um, and that was a game changer for me. Um, you know, I've always enjoyed writing. It was part of my job. Um, but I'd never written a diary, ever, apart from those ones where I remember the kids, you know. Um, but I've never journaled. And I, while I was um, off healing, I actually bought this book because it... Um, looked pretty on my coffee table. That's how shallow I am. And um, it's very important I, these the things. <laughs> I picked it up in home magazines, you know the books. And I thought, well, that goes with the decor. And it was quite a few months into my therapy. And I thought, oh, I wonder what even this book is about. I mean, that is really I should know I want. So I picked up and it was called The Bullet Journal Method. And I thought, well, this is interesting. And I read it. And I thought, I might give this a go, you know. And um, whether it's normal, you know, just journaling your thoughts out or whether you follow a method like the bullet journal method, which kind of has a system about it. For me at the time where my mental health was at, that method really helped me because one, it 
allowed me to put any thoughts that I have of to-dos, whether that was to put the washing on, because that's when we were, make the beds. It was as simple as that to try and function through the day. Mm-hmm. To those, how am I going to change the world thoughts that I'd also get as a creative thinker. Yeah. So I would just put them down and then at the end of the day, I could kind of kind of put them out into almost a bit of a strategy. What do I need to do tomorrow? And, and what can I park for a month's time and make them feel better? And it, it allowed me to think I'm dealing with those thoughts, yeah. but without kind of um, banishing them off, you know, and, yeah. and saying, well, I, you know, I'm feeling like I wasn't in control of them. And of course, then I could just put down general generally. And that is something that I still do now. Um, I love it. And, you know, you can get to the end of the day. Um, I currently look at my journal with me and writing it throughout the day, but I get to the end of the day and I can kind of reflect be grateful and, um, you know, also organise myself and go to sleep a little bit easier and not overthinking because I've, you know, physically taken those things out of my head and put them on paper. Yeah, I was going to say it could help sleep, couldn't it? Yeah. It's a bit it's a bit like sort of unravelling a big knotty ball of wool, yeah. isn't it? That your thoughts yes. feel like sometimes. They're like just like all these thoughts just kind of throw, being thrown around and shaken all around yeah. and then just getting things down. And sometimes I think you think, well, I might forget that. So it's if you've journaled them and you can, they're always there, aren't they? And I love how you, when mm. you, you said when you journal, then you'll deal with things the next day mm. as well. So you can prioritize, and that that's that's really help. That must be really helpful. Yeah, it really is because I think sometimes the overwhelm comes from that you have to do everything now. And I'm definitely, I'm definitely like that. I'm very creative of mine, so I've got you know a thousand and one TikTok video ideas in my head. I might not have them, but let's say for now I have. You know, plus all the things that the kids need. Then we've got all. There's always an upcoming event. Oh, it's Christmas, yeah. or, you know, a holiday, or whatever it is. There's always something to plan, do around the house, or we need to also fit in the gym, and we need to eat well. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's just yeah. so much. Um, you know, chase the doctors, <laughs> blah blah blah, get your HRT. Um, <clears throat> so that allowed me to just think it's okay to move stuff over to the next day or the next month. Yeah. You know, it really allowed me to see what's the priority, and also one key thing was that if I noticed that I was moving something over and over and over, then I would then ask myself the question, why am I not doing that thing? Is it because it doesn't light me up? Is it because it's not important? And I think it's important, but actually it's not. And on making that decision, a line would go through it and that would be it, it would be gone. Because then you can move on and say, well, actually that wasn't important in my life. Or you can challenge yourself and say, why am I not approaching that? What am I yeah. Or is it is it something else? I love that, that so one. So you can start to strategize your own thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. I've got things, just things in my diary. My diary is a bit like a journal and I have, I keep skipping this one particular thing on and so I'm, I'm going to go and look at that after this. <laughs> Does it, it really need it, to it be done? Just, yeah, but it can be just completely one task that's completely overwhelming you. Yeah. And then that, that mm. 
you know, can and just put a down yeah, on the whole it day. Can. And of course, I, I say as, as women, because it's generally us that are the, the sort of home um, carers. So, you know, on top of all those creative things, or if, if you're not creative, there's always a list of other things that you've, you've mm. got to do. On top of that, you go downstairs to do something and there's a pile of washing for you to pile do. Or usually a pile of shit. The <laughs> dishwasher. And, you know, all these oh, things take time. So, again, yeah. it puts your list of things, your priorities that were priorities further and further yeah. on. And then, and then you actually go, you, then you get down there, you sort everything out you're doing, and then you think, well, what was I going to come and do anyway? Yeah, that's where you need your journal. Yeah. I know. Because all they're written down. Yeah. I like the bulletproof, uh, bulletproof, bullet point one. Perhaps it is bulletproof. It sounds like it is. Yeah, that would be that would be the one for you. It would be. Yeah. <coughs> I'm thinking, yeah, I've written, I've written notes. I've written notes, Victoria. <laughs> so victoria apart all this we've already discussed how creative you are and um and yeah for anyone that doesn't follow uh, ginger unhinged already go and go and see how creative why she not is. why not um <laughs> but you um told us you have you're working very hard at the moment on your book um and you there's some poetry in there but it's not just a poetry book is it can but can is there anything you can tell us about it or can you read us something from it yeah, we can. So, um, yeah, the book is very close to being the, the manuscript is finished. I'm just finishing off the final illustrations because uh, I'm illustrating it as well. And it is really about, I found, I found it difficult to sum up what it is because it's a bit of everything, but I'm going with a kind of self-help memoir. So it's my story. It's got some beautiful stories and shares from other people. It really encapsulates everything that I've learned over the last five years. Um, but I'm not an expert. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not being a, a doctor or an expert in the book. I'm just being somebody that's lived with it. Yeah. And sharing the things that I've tried, the things that worked for me, the things that didn't work for me. Um, and it's really about the person making their own rules because we are so different in many things, depending on experience, depending on age. And it's about writing that person that owns it, writing their own rules. So we talked about journaling and that was a game changer for me. So there's a real journaling element to this book. It's about getting involved, doing the activities. There's pages to burn and there's Ooh. pages to rage on and we talk about self-pleasure and we have laughs in it but also it's about vulnerability and opening up the connection between people's stories from anything from premature ovarian insufficiency, perimenopause to transmenopause um, to looking at culture and sexuality. So it really is about bringing all of those elements together in one place. Um, it's been super fun to write. Um, it's been a mission to illustrate because <laughs> I wasn't planning that um, and I can't wait to bring it out next year and I'd love to I'd love to read you a couple of bits as an early Christmas present to you fantastic oh, <clears throat> can I just say before you do it sounds sounds fantastic because there's lots of like say medical books from doctors there's there's lots of sort of other you know books from other people's experiences but it sounds like you've literally brought everything because I think the trans side of it's really important and the self-pleasure is important mm -hmm. and you know it's all those taboos which a lot of people are a bit afraid to go to so yeah it sounds amazing anyway go for it Victoria 
So I've got a couple of bits, one for each of you. Um, I thought I'd read a little bit of the memoir section as we were talking about my surgery today. This is just a very small snippet, not too much away, uh, rather than sort of more useful information. And then I'll share a poem because I know you're talking about poetry. The other way yeah. So this is just a little bit of the memoir. Before I knew it, what felt like an endless wait and a million repetitive questions was over, and I was fired up for life to come walking in my new slippers and fetching DVT socks down to theatre as my arse peeked out the back of my gown. Entering the little room adjacent to where the chopstick mayhem would commence, I could see them prepping, but this is it. Danced in my head as I got up on the table, ready for the nap of my mats. Then he walked in, piercing eyes, his October skin holding the colour of summer, biceps slightly bulging under the green scrubs. He was the Mr Grey of anaesthetists. Double clock. Alice would use his kind voice, asking to lie down. He held my hand, probably more professionally than I'd like to recall, as he sent me off with his wonder drug. Well, if the girl's going to die on the table, at least she goes out to that, I think. Fantastic. Oh, it makes me want to know more. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And here's a little poem, which is called Homecoming Warriors. And I like to think that this encapsulates an element that I talk about in a bit about how we enter a queenhood whatever our age that we go through this it's like a passage that we're passing through to the next stage so this is called homecoming warriors as our bodies change the balance is tilted we feel off center but our souls are stirring we sit in the fire unsure of the answers minds start to ponder but our souls are awakening Fog, sometimes heavy, thickness of purpose, tired in panic, but our souls are lifting. Like a queen in training, letting go and accepting, stepping into the new, our souls are aligning. Transitioning like warriors, wisdom and strength, not past it or old, our souls now nourish. No pause, but power, we connect to ourselves, that passage complete, our souls now light. Removing our armour, refresh and rebalance, our soul now ready to wear its crown. I'm surprised you're not crying. I can feel myself. Yeah. I love that queen in train. I'm going to start. I love that queen in train. That was beautiful. No pause, just power. Oh. Mm. And I love, I mean, we'll, we'll probably, you know, talk about your, when the book comes out, we'll have you oh, on we'll again have you and we'll on talk again. about it. But I love <laughs> the bit where you say about um, that, something about the armor coming off, because mm. I think that to me is where menopause changed for me when I decided to actually get rid of that barrier, get rid of that armor be, being and be vulnerable. We always talk yeah, about it, Lou, it don't a big we? big thing for me to suddenly it be vulnerable. It was huge, wasn't yeah. it? Once you allow that vulnerability yeah. and get rid of that armour, it can actually be a very powerful thing, can't it? Yeah, yeah it was it really, really beautiful. Thank Absolutely you. beautiful. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much Thank for you. sharing that. Yeah. Um, so finally, Victoria, do you have any advice um, for anyone either in early menopause or natural menopause who want to find their own fierce? Yes, for sure. So... Um, I think it is about, we talked about removing that armour, so understanding what you um, need. Obviously, we talk so much about advocating doctors um, and getting your kind of 
vertebrae, but your medical stuff in order, which is really important. But once that's done and you're kind of okay, we're often left with that question, well, what's next? And for some people in early menopause, um, premature menopause, PI, um, or having surgery young, you know, the life path that maybe you thought you were going to have suddenly gets thrown mm. and whether that's you know you're raising a family and you're expected to do things in a certain way and suddenly this comes along and, and catches you off to it like me or or maybe you you now can't have a family in the way that you thought you were going to so it's really about then understanding what's next for you and asking yourself those questions and exploring and um finding what lights you up you know, if you're struggling mentally, if you're struggling with some of those societal norms that get thrown our way, it's really looking within yourself to find what lights you up. And that really helps you understand what's next and what your purpose can be when maybe your life has changed and the purpose that people think you should yeah. have. I hope that makes sense. But it's, yeah, completely. You know, I could talk so much about advocating, and, and but I think sometimes we lose that part and that's so important no one ever really talks about yeah no one ever talks about that part really do they and I think a lot a lot of um our angst in anything in life is not accepting what is and it comes back to mindfulness I suppose doesn't it and until we accept what is okay I didn't want to be here I didn't want to be menopausal but I am and then it's it's as you say then okay what can I do rather than hankering for something that isn't isn't there anymore I think that's fantastic advice yeah write that down write that in your book yeah get it down quick no one else pinch it we'll know plagiarism so so where where can folk find you Victoria so the easiest place our uh, easiest two places to find me is um ginge um underscore unhinged on instagram and um you'll see my posts and stories and my dms are always open and um, uh, often helping people via the dms and we have calls and um, webexes um via webexes who even does webexes anymore right? i've never even heard of that <laughs> and your pager Victoria, thank you so much. Thank you. And, um, oh, thank you. What are you doing for Christmas? Are you home in that beautiful home of yours there? Uh, well, we will be Christmas morning. We wake up in our own house and then we sort of do the family. Um, but this year feels very special for me. I've got my three brothers um, and myself all together with my parents. Uh, my one brother lives in New Zealand, one lives in Spain. And we've actually not been in the same room other than a virtual room during COVID. Um, for 17 years so wow. oh, that's going to be emotional yeah. I mean for about an hour and then we'll probably realize why we live 
<laughs> then sipping rice right <laughs> and kicking. And you know, it'll be all who's cooked the meat better and who's done it better. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the youngest of four, so I'm sure that'll gang up on me and there'll be lots of games as well. Um, we have a pram race in our local village, which is basically where adults push other adults around in a pram dress up and drink beer <laughs> every time. So that's a boxing good day. Bit of health and safety going on exactly. there. Yeah, good old British yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, who said so we're not all unhinged? <laughs> so that that would be my Christmas. Um, Brilliant. And, you know, it's about family. Um, yeah, you know, particularly this year. Yeah, I think all the lockdowns have just made everyone want to, you know, they've realised the the priorities and the importance of family, haven't they? Which is one good thing. Oh, well, have a super duper time and um, we will see you. Um, in you the... We're going to interview with your book. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Let us know when if that you, comes If you want out. to come back and um, yeah, have the very, very, very best Christmas. Yeah. We've got our last foodie for 2022 and Jinty's just walked in a, with a, pl- a buffet, a whole buffet in front of oh, me, Jint. What's yes, going on? You know. So I, um, this week, I thought I'd cook up a little one pot piccalilli. Oh, I love a piccalilli. I thought you did. And I know you likes a bit of cheese. It's not I vegan, so I can't have any of the cheese. So I um, had uh, a lovely recipe from uh, Riverford, Riverford Food. And so, yeah, do help yourself. Oh, I, I'm, you, I, you don't need to ask. No, it's, so you've got oat, some oat cakes there, not homemade, some cheese, not homemade, some grapes, not, not homegrown. <laughs> Put some lovely piccalilli that I have made, actually. Um, I meant to make it this morning. Uh, meant to make it yesterday, but as usual, I didn't read the instructions and you had to soak all the veg overnight in salt. So I soaked it overnight and it was actually made. It's that fresh. It was made this morning. So how do you have time to make fucking pick a lily in I, the morning? I did wonder I the same myself. I in the morning. <laughs> I did wonder the same. I haven't showered or showered or anything. I'm, I'm I'm a bit smelly. Anyway, so this is um, made with uh, an onion, a pepper, a courgette, a cauliflower, some sea salt, a uh, bit cider vinegar, a bit of sugar. Nice. Yeah. Some Dijon mustard, um, some mustard seeds, some turmeric, some coriander, ground coriander. I can eat that. I can't eat the leaves. Um, and some cornflour. The ground coriander, but it's just, I can't eat the leaves, as you know. I just don't like them. So, the, but this, the ground coriander isn't doesn't taste anything like normal coriander, um, and it's quite chunky, isn't it, Lou? Do you like Sorry, it? I thought you said turmeric. Then there is turmeric in I it. I wasn't listening. I was yeah. too busy. <laughs> she was too busy chomping into her oat cake, cheese, and piccalilli. It's so easy, and it makes it's so, so much piccalilli. Yeah, yeah. I did have a little accident. Don't oh. ever one tip. Don't make your piccalilli in a lovely Sherpa, nice fleecy white cream mm. jumper. I had I spilt some turmeric all down the front. I don't think that's going to come off some turmeric powder. But hey-ho, it's a reminder. Um, so this is just all made in one pot. You soak it all, uh, chop the veg, put the, a load of salt on it, put that in the fridge overnight. And then, so this morning, all I had to do was... Um, make the put the cider vinegar and the spices in a pan heat that up then stir through the corn flour to thicken it then 
add all my veg, get rid of all the salt, add all the veg, cook for about four to five minutes and put it in little pots. How easy is that? And it really is absolutely gorgeous. A lovely bite to it. Mm. It is quite yeah. salty, but it's also got that lovely vinegary bite. Yeah. And the and mustard, it's... it got a bit of heat from the mustard, mm, hasn't and it? it's so crunchy. Mm. Yeah. Is this pot for me? Have you got, have I give it back? I've got a little, I've got a bigger pot for you. There oh, you go. Oh, gins. Nice big you. pot because I thought you might have family and things and um, you I, might want to share. What? I bought some pickles there locally the other day, but I thought I won't get pickle lily. And, and all those, that all that veg is from Riverford. It's all really lovely, you know, sort of fresh, organic, fre organic fresh veg. And it wasn't very expensive um, to make. So it's, you know, very reasonable. Um, the other one I, I do I do have, but we, we're not going to try it today, was the lovely um, Rachel from Not Your Usual Men Menopause. She gave us a lovely recipe for some cranberry relish, which is delicious so Ooh. um if she'll let me i might share that um with the folks on instagram um but yeah give it a go and let us let us know if you like a bit of piccalilli with your cheese or your ham i'm gonna be eating that all the time yeah there you go she'll be ordering it from me now i have to set up a little cottage shop. kitchen <laughs> shop <laughs> So no book collective this week because we're starting afresh next week. Um, but Lou set us the WI of keeping a gratefulness journal. Now we've done it for two weeks now, haven't we? We have, we have. I have to say I forgot for about the first four days, completely forgot. And then but once I remembered, it's just getting into yeah. that kind of, you know, the habitual thing of it again. And um, how, how did you get on? Yeah, I did. Some some days I forgot and then mm. I got back into it again. I really enjoyed doing it, actually. I found it really... Oh, excuse me, that was a pickle lily. <laughs> <laughs> I found it really, really lovely to look back. And yeah, I think mostly mine, a lot of mine, had quite a few... Um, was when I had a good mug of tea. You know, that perfect tea. Oh, yes. Perfect temperature, perfect brew. Yeah. That was... I was grateful for that. And I think we, um, it's a very British thing, isn't it? But that cup of tea or that mug of tea, it, oh, cure, it cures everything, doesn't it? It is like dot cotton, isn't it? Oh, Let's get the kettle on. Put get the, the kettle, kettle on. I, and, and I think it goes back to what when we were talking to Victoria about mindfulness. You know, it's a very zen, um, zen thing, you know, to actually physically sit down with your cup of tea Hold and really appreciate yeah. it. Hold the mug, slurp your tea mm. and you can taste it more. So, so a lot of my had a lot of, I just picked out sort of my, my, my most yeah. ones. A lot of mine were a good mug of tea. My dog walks featured heavily yeah. in mine because it's uh, me too. We're, we're so blessed where we live. We're on the beach, um, and those early morning dog walks were, were in the frost. In the frost, mm. it was just beautiful. I also have my crochet because that keeps me quite grounded. Yeah. With mm -hmm. working with my hands. Um, my my one that I didn't even think about was, but when I put it on, was my I washed my dressing gown. Oh, sorry, that was a pickle. <laughs> I washed my dressing. Next time we'll do the foodie at the end. Yeah, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Um, I washed my dressing gown, and when I put it on, it was just fluffy, fluffy, and I could. And I always get it, it a couple nice. sizes too big, mm. so I can wrap it right around you. Oh, that was that. Well, I was grateful for that. No um, pubes on it. No pubes. Mm. How about you? How how about your gratitude? Mark, I had a, a few of the of the that sort of came uh, along. Basically, were every day, like you say, Mar, you know, a, a really good cup of tea, nice <laughs> cup of coffee, those kind of things. Um, but my, my my probably my my top ones that are, are sort of my top three. Um, 
was friendships, Lou, mm. and our friendship particularly, because we went down, uh, we drove down to yes, Plymouth, didn't we, we did. to um, be on Radio Devon. And, you know, I got back from there thinking, you know, a while ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that drive. I know it's only an hour drive, but just to be able to do that drive with confidence mm. and sit next to, you know, my best friend talking about, you know, all sorts of shy. Yeah. tears <laughs> you... every five minutes. <laughs> exactly. And the opportunity to be guests on, mm. on BBC Red, Radio Devon talking about all sorts of things with the lovely Michael and Joe. Um, so that, that, and I thought friendships is something that, you know, is really, really important. So 2022, I'm going to make sure that's priority. Um, and, Another thing was to spend time uh, what I can with my mum and really appreciate mm. what I do because uh, the time that I do spend with her, I beat myself up about not as as a lot of us do at our age about not spending enough time with our parents. And at the moment, I just can't. I just can't. I, it's just impossible to spend as much time as I'd like. So when I do, I make sure that we have proper it's time quality. and it's quality time. Not yeah. a ru- rush in and a rush out again. It, exactly. Um, and and last week I was really grateful. We're talking about Christmas and you're not feeling it, mm. f- feeling a bit overwhelmed. But the simple things, it comes back to family again. And uh, last week um, my, my daughter came home just for the day and we all all of the kids were home and John was here and we all decorated the tree with the Christmas music and it cost nothing no. apart from her train fare. And it was just, it was just lovely, appreciative of that whole family, warm, yes. fuzzy feeling. And don't you think as well, when you, when you have no, you used to you still have children at home, but when, when you have them all together and your nest is full, yeah, there's no better feeling no. as a, as no. a parent, I think no. it's, you know, that, it's very, very very lucky yeah yeah uh, yeah definitely and grateful and it does and when you write things down I think you know it, it you get just helps yeah you get to look at it are you going to keep it going Lou definitely yeah no definitely yeah I think you can get a bit like again Victoria said in that you can get really beautiful ones that were just you know you could put on your encourage you to sort of yeah. write in it or you can just get an old scrap bit of paper yeah, doesn't matter or do it on your it? phone even yeah. couldn't you I've got one um, for the new year. Ooh, now, I don't know what this is. At any date, while we're off, Lou, any date, I'd like you to, it might be difficult, but so let's say, I was going to say a week, maybe let's say five days, to date yourself for five days. Oh. So take your, either take yourself out. Um, it's been a popular thing on social media at the moment. There's been a couple of articles about it. And I think it would be quite interesting because we talk quite poorly about ourselves yeah. a lot of the time and self-care isn't always easiest. Uh, but imagine you were your own date. Wow, I love that. Yeah. I, I will be having a problem. I will probably have to do it after Christmas and, yes. and New Year because it's our silver wedding anniversary. Oh, yeah, so, you might. <laughs> so, and I can't go out. You know, we've been married 25 years, love, but it's all about me. It's about me. I'm taking myself yeah. out for my You stay there my in the hotel room I've just booked you. Yeah, I'd leave it till after yeah, that. Okay. Do it in the new oh, year. I like that idea. Yeah. And I have what a lovely way to start January. Yes. Actually. Yeah. All about yourself. Yeah. I love that. Fantastic. Good. So everyone, everyone, give it a go and let us know how you get on. Any dates, but, the, you know, five days. So we have a final quote for 2022, Lou. And um, what have you chosen for us? So I've obviously did the 
Christopher Robin one, didn't I? Yes, a couple of weeks ago. So one of my favourite bit books is by Charlie Mackesy, uh, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse. And there's a beautiful, I love the illustrations anyway, but there's a beautiful little saying. I think it would be great for all of us to think about over Christmas. So it says, what is the bravest? So what is the bravest thing you've ever said? Asked the boy. Help, said the horse. Asking for help isn't giving up, said the horse. It's refusing to give up. Beautiful. I love that yeah. quote, Lou. Yeah, and it is. It is uh, Asking for help is a strength, isn't it? Massively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we go, we just want to thank our listeners, you lovely, beautiful listeners for all your support, comments, suggestions, um, reviews, it's, reviews. It's been a fantastic year. It for has us, been absolutely Lou, amazing. It? And then we've gone, we've gone from, we've gone from strength to strength, but it's actually with all your backing and your help and your yeah. support without, yeah. without you I mean, there'd be no collective would there, there would be no collective it'd just be me, me and gents just sat here in the spare room eating me, piccalilli me belching on the piccalilli <laughs> <laughs> so yeah just thank you very much and we wish you all uh, just a wonderful wonderful christmas um and we begin next uh our next series series six um with the wonderful Dr. Ginny Mansberg, who is going to all the way in Australia. She's going to. Oh, I know. Yeah. Excited. And she's not coming over. We're, we're not oh, going there. And we're certainly not flying her <laughs> over. No, not, no, not we're on not. <laughs> no, no. But she is going to be talking to us about what happens to our skin in menopause. We're talking facial skin. We're talking vaginal, vulva skin. We're talking itching. We'll be talking. All everything. sorts, everything to do with your skin in menopause. So we look forward to that. Um, when does that start? That'll be going out about say, on the 22nd. I want to say we're starting recording about January the 17th. We're recording, so it'll go out that following Sunday. That following Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, hopefully you can join us then. So we hope your tea's not gone cold and you'll join us next year in 2023 for Series 6 of our podcast. <laughs> which begins, oh, here we go, on January the 22nd. <laughs> we would love you to subscribe, favourite and review our podcast. It really does help us spread the word. Please head over to our Instagram page, Womenkind Collective, to leave your comments or DM us with your thoughts or watch us and our guests on our Womenkind Collective YouTube channel. Incidentally, you can listen to us on every podcast platform now, including Audible. And lastly, you will find all the links, recipes, guest details, and our hashtag Where's My Clinic campaign, the petition for a menopause clinic in Devon, on the podcast show notes. Lovely. Well, Merry Christmas, Merry, everybody. Merry Christmas and a healthy new year. Yeah. And I'm just about to tuck into a bit more of this piccalilli. Piccalilli, yeah. And and no more new year, new you. You're Shit, bollocks. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're all, all perfect, perfect as it you're is. You're beautiful and perfect. <laughs>